How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by none other than Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? Hopefully everyone's having a good week. I hope everyone's having a good week and a happy holidays so far. It's almost that time, guys, where next week is Christmas week. So it's going to be a good time now for everybody. Um, let's go ahead, though, Ben, get down here and break down these games. You ready to do it? Let's do it, man. All right, guys. So we're going to start things out with the bowl games. Like we said, finally, bowl games are back. Ben and I are talking college football once again, not just one game. Ben, Friday, we had a nice little 12 p.m. kickoff, something to get us through the second half of the work. We got Middle Tennessee State taking on Toledo. Middle Tennessee State is a 10-point favorite in this game. Um, Over-under set at 50 and a half. 10-point dog, I think. Or, yeah, Middle Tennessee State is the dog of 10 points. Toledo is favored by 10. This is the Bahamas Bowl. Um, This game is being played, as you guys can guess, in the Bahamas. So, Ben, anything from this one? Nothing. My uh, my bowl schedule for bets uh, for Friday and Saturday is pretty weak. Uh, I'll be honest. I I'm just staying away from teams that I don't know anything about. There's just plenty of game bowl games to bet on. I stay away from uh, Middle Tennessee State and Toledo. With much <laughs> respect to those teams. Yeah, I can't blame you for staying away, Ben. Look, me, I want action, guys. I want something to do on Friday. I'm betting this game for sure. Look, Middle Tennessee State, guys not gonna lie they're not a very good team they won a lot of games down the stretch but they got destroyed whenever they played good teams western kentucky beat them 48 21 i mean yeah they beat fiu they still lost to old dominion they beat fau another terrible team i mean this team just beats up on terrible teams they do have one quality win though against marshall marshall qb grant wells though was hurt i think toledo is the much better team here toledo has a nice run attack this team is terrible against the run middle tennessee state has no defense whatsoever i think i think toledo wins this game by three scores and we cover minus 10 easily um I know, yeah i know there's no pushback there from ben should be a nice easy winner um i'll talk real briefly here about the uh tail greeter cure bowl played between northern illinois and coastal carolina at 6 p.m on friday um ben you have no play on this game as well right i do not yeah so guys obviously as we know northern illinois they had some decent wins at the beginning of the year they upset georgia tech but then they turn around and get blown out by michigan this team can put some points on the board um, apparently they're terrible against the run. They like to run the football. So does Coastal Carolina. Heard the unders a good play. Also heard laying the points here at the shot to clears is a good bet. The only reason why I'm staying off this one, guys, is look, I don't know how excited Coastal Carolina is to play this team. Grayson McCall is obviously going to play. Maybe he needs to show out for the draft. I don't really know how interested they're going to be. If they're interested, they should blow them out. I'm not willing to lay double digits twice in one day. I'm staying away from this one. Let's go to Saturday, though, guys. Saturday, there's a lot of bowl games on, but we're only going to, for the sake of you guys, going to talk about the ones we're actually betting. First game of the day kicks off at 11 a.m. in Boca Raton, Florida. This game is called the um, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Now, that's who, that's who sponsors it now, guys, RoofClaim.com. It's a little plug for them. They better give me some, uh, some uh, advertising dividends off that plug for them right there. App State is a three-point favorite. Western Kentucky is a six er, – er, Western Kentucky, the underdog here, over-under set at 66-and-a-half. I'll start us out on this one, guys. Y'all know from listening to previous podcasts, I love me some Western Kentucky. Quarterback Bailey Zappi is currently 
four touchdown passes away from breaking the record set by Joe Burrow of the most touchdown passes in a college football season. He wants this record, guys. He knows about it. The coaches talked about it. He's talked about it. They want to break this record, guys. On the flip side of things, though, I don't know if they're good enough to stop App State. This defense is downright terrible. App State's going to be able to run the ball over them. App State is 6-0 and all-time in bowl games, and when they're in the FCS, they used to win the FCS championship every single year. This team is bred for postseason football. I think App State probably ends up winning this game. The minus three will hit, but give me the over here, guys. Bailey Zappi and, and Cruz definitely going to pull their weight. I think the final score of this game is going to be like 41-33. Should be a nice, fun shootout at 11 a.m. Don't know how excited these defenses are for this game either. Should be a good one. Night, good one. I actually, this is one of the best games to watch all day. Sucks it's 11 a.m., but I got the over here. Anything from you, Ben? Yeah, I'll take some of this game. So Western Kentucky is, I mean, talk about an offense. They're they're just a wagon on offense. Mm-hmm. Second in points uh, per game, second in total yards per game, first in passing yards. Um, as you mentioned, App State can really run the football, and Western Kentucky's run defense is is not great. Um, I think they're like I looked it up; they're like eighty second in the country against the run, something like that. It's nothing, nothing great. I'll tell you what, though, looking at both of these teams, so like the teams they've lost to. I mean, so Western Kentucky they lost to Army. Solid team this year. Indiana, not a great win or not a great loss, but for Western Kentucky, you know, not a brutal one. They only lost by two points. Lost at Michigan State, good loss at UTSA, and then home against UTSA. So, really, all five of their wins, I would say four out of the five of them are good losses. Then you look at App State, lost at Miami by two in a game that really should have won. And then they lost to Louisiana twice. So, both pretty good seasons for both of these teams. Um, I'm just going to go with the favor of this matchup. App State, 6-0 in their last bowl games. I believe that stretches across multiple coaches for them. Uh, I, I think two coaches. So I think their program just gets up for bowl wins. Six in a row is impressive. I'm going to go with them to make it seven in a row. Don't hate that at all, Ben. Um, nothing for the cricket celebration bowl between South Carolina State and Jackson State. Can't say I've got anything in that one. Um, the PUBG Mobile New New Mexico Bowl between UTEP and Fresno State. Anything on that what's one, the, Ben? What's the lo- wait? What's the line for that game that you just the Jackson State game? Um, I actually don't even see it right now. Why did I would you want assume to- no. I would just assume they're favored. I mean, obviously that's Dion's squad, so. Yeah, no, I've got nothing in that one. Um, it's a pretty touchy subject right now, Dion and ja- Jackson State. Um, but for UTEP, Fresno State, Fresno State's 11.5-point favorite here. Um, Over-under, yeah, so 51.5. You got anything? I don't, but, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I think the number is – I think it is a little high. Um, I'm just not going to lay 11.5 with Fresno State, but I'm not confident in the other side, so I'm staying off of it. I think this is an intriguing game. I really do. Uh, you know, if you look at records, it's you see a seven and five team, but I don't think you can sleep on UTEP. Now, my only concern, actually, that might be UTSA. Yeah, you're thinking I think UTSA. U, I'm thinking, yeah, UTSA had a really good season. I think their running back has opted out. I think he's going pro. Um, I've seen, I think, two UTEP games this year, just like late night on TV. Mm-hmm. They can play better than a seven and five team. Um, I'm not willing to lay 11 and a half with Fresno, who I don't know much about. Kind of watching the beginning of the year. Um, but I think this will be an, an exciting game as well. 
Yeah, um, I got nothing in this one, honestly, guys. Um, I think the number is a little high. Nothing I'm really looking to get down on because, look, if Fresno State still had their head coach and their quarterback was all in, I would lay the lumber easily here. But this is the first bowl game, and this is the biggest game pretty much in UTEP program history. Also, too, you know, Fresno State's head coach is out of there. The quarterback is playing, but, like, he's transferring after the game is over. So, like, does he really even care that much anymore? I think this one's an all-around stay away, but Fresno State's good, man. They beat UCLA. I mean, Fresno State should blow the doors off them, in my opinion, not touching that one at all. Um, next bowl up up here. By the way, guys, the names of these get a little absurd. Y'all are going to laugh in a minute. Um, <clears throat> is one that I do have a play on. This is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Man, the Independence Bowl has fallen far. I remember when it used to be a big-time bowl. Now it is not. But anyway, this game will feature UAB playing BYU. Um, BYU is ranked 13th in the nation. They're seven-point favorite over under set at 55. Anything on this, Ben? Nothing. Um. So, by the way, I have some big news for a game we're going to talk about later today or later in the podcast, but um, I'm actually going to go with UAB here. Look, UAB is a good team, guys. They got a good defense. They got a pretty decent offense, but BYU in theory is the much better team, but BYU players were tweeting about how disappointed and upset they were to be playing in this game. I mean, there was rumors BYU could be going to a New Year's Six Bowl, and now they're stuck playing the Independence Bowl on 3.30 on a Saturday, first bowl games of the year. They want no part of this game. This team doesn't want to be here. The flip side of things, UAB loves to be here. They want to be here. I think UAB keeps it inside the seven and BYU is completely uninterested in this one. Um, next game up here on the slate, we'll skip over the lending tree bowl between Eastern Michigan and Liberty. Since I know neither of us have anything in that one. My only advice to you is I would probably lay the points with Liberty on that one. Eastern Michigan is terrible, but um, let's talk about the Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, this is the absurd one. Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. Anybody can get a bowl these days, guys, the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. Utah State takes on Oregon State. Oregon State is seven and a half point favorite over under at 67. Ben and I, as y'all know, we wrote Oregon State a couple times here. Man, lay it with the beeves here for me, man. Look, Oregon State has a has a pretty decent offense, guys. They like to run the football. I think they have a really good defense. This is the program's first bowl game in like nine years. They want to be here. These guys have got something to play for. I mean, Utah State is the Mountain West champions. There's nothing they love more than to beat the crap out of these Mountain West champions. I think Oregon State wins this game by two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I would say the, the times I was laying with Oregon State at the beginning of the year, they were underdogs. Um, and then I got burned in the Civil War with them. Just take them one too many times. Oregon, yeah. Oregon smacked them, up, if I'm not mistaken, in the Civil War game. Absolutely. Um, they're better as a, as a dog this year. Uh, really a home dog, which obviously this is a bowl game. I would still lay the number with them. I'm not going to just because I'd rather save bets for, for games and, and programs that I actually watch and know a lot about. I would still lay the number with Oregon State because they've been my team in the Pac-12 for all year in gambling, but uh, I, I don't have an official pick. Okay. No worries on that one, Ben, at all. Can't blame me for not having an official pick. Um, last game on here is the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. This one is going to be played against ULL Monroe versus Marshall. I'll start us out with this one. Marshall is a five-point dog here. Over under set at 55. Look, you could look at this one and see the number 23 next to ULL's name. You could say they're playing in their backyard since they're in Louisiana school playing in New Orleans. I'm going to say not so fast. 
I don't think this team cares about this game anymore, to be honest. They've already had guys transferring out. Their head coach has already left them to go to Florida. Um, I just really don't think ULL cares anymore. They won the conference championship. I think they're going to be completely checked out here. I think they're all going to be out partying on Bourbon Street. Marshall will get their quarterback, Grant Wells, back here. He missed a couple games, and that's why their record is 7-5. and five. Marshall's a good team, and their program usually comes to play in bowl games. I think Marshall wins this one outright, but I'm going to take the five points to be safe. Uh, I mean, it's not my official pick, but I would I would agree with you on the Marshall plus five. Um, I mean, I don't know much about ULL, but I know that Billy Napier is not there anymore. Um, big news for Marshall on the recruiting front, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, former, what are they, the Thundering Herd, or are they just the Herd? Thundering Herd. Former Thundering Herd uh, quarterback Chad Pennington. Former Jets quarterback Chad Pennington. His son mm-hmm. committed to Marshall. Wow. Um. Obviously, that's for the future. I, I don't have an official pick on this game. If I had to say something for the podcast, I'd, I would take Marshall with the points. Um, you know, no coach kind of means something for these smaller programs. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think there's going to be nobody there to keep them off Bourbon Street the night before. Um, anyway, let's move down now to Monday slate. Monday, we have, um, I believe, two games, one of them being a daytime game that'll be fun to watch. Um, on Monday at... 2.30, we have Old Dominion taking on Tulsa. Old Dominion and Tulsa are meeting each other in the um, Myrtle Beach um, Bowl. Tulsa is currently an nine-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Over-under sit at 52-and-a-half. Ben, touching anything here? No, I'll pass on this game. If I had to take something, I mean, I don't even – this is – I haven't watched a single snap of either of these two teams all season. I'll tell you that. I would I would lay the point – I would lay the points with Tulsa if I had to say something. Wow. See, Ben, I'm the exact opposite of you here, here man. First off, this is the only game actually on Monday because of Monday Night Football. Look, guys, it's going to be a tough Monday of work. I need something to get me through the day here, guys. And the Old Dominion will get me through Monday plus nine and a half. Look, guys, Tulsa should not be laying nine and a half points team to anyone, period. Tulsa is an absolutely terrible offense, a decent defense. Tulsa wants to play the most sloppy, muddied up game ever. Old Dominion didn't play football last year. And they arguably they had a winning season this year. This team fought and clawed all season long. I think they do it once again here. I think Old Dominion beats a Tulsa team who wants nothing to do with this game on two thirty on a Monday. There you go. There you go, everyone. Yeah, there we go, guys. Next game, once again, we get that Tuesday daytime special to get us through work. It is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl played between Kent State and uh, Wyoming. Ben, you doing anything on this one? Nothing. Um... I mean, it's on the blue field. Is Wyoming in the same conference as Boise State? I think they are, right? So I believe they are. The Mountain West, isn't that what they're in? Yes, they are in the same conference, and they have played a game there this year. So familiarity with the field and familiarity with everything there, I would take Wyoming for the stupid reason. Yeah, so Wyoming beat Utah State earlier in the season. Kent State is a terrible defense. They're only interested in playing offense. Wyoming actually has a pretty decent defense. I think Wyoming takes it here. I'm going to lay the three on a nice Tuesday, casual Tuesday afternoon. Should be a fun one to take my mind off work for zone out for a little bit. Last game, or second to last game. No, no, this is our last game on the slate because we'll podcast again on Tuesday, so Wednesday's games will be on there. We have the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl between UTSA and San Diego State. Probably one of the better bowls, honestly, that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. 
that yeah. both these teams, UTSA is 12 and one, San Diego State is 11 and two, runners up for that Mountain West Conference Championship. Um, UT, San Diego State's ranked 24th. UTSA is a two point favorite here, over under 49. Anything on this, Ben? So, if I'm not mistaken, I saw the UTSA running back Correct. say that he was declaring for the pros. Does that mean he's not playing in this game? I believe he's not because, playing because UTSA likes to run the football. I mean, they, you know, they they're kind of balanced. I mean, they're 36th in uh, rushing yards and 46th in passes. So they're pretty balanced, I would say. But losing a starting running back who has gone off in the, la- in the last part of the season, I mean, he just really took it in. I mean, if I'm thinking of the right guy, which I'm pretty sure I am, it's the guy that had 200 rushing yards in the championship game against Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um, for that reason, I, I do have a play on this game. I'm taking San Diego State because – as far as I know, they're not missing a quarterback, receivers, or running back. And when you take out a starter on one team, listen, both of these programs have had a hell of a season. Um, also, the San Diego State punter is apparently like one of the best punters college football has ever seen. Mm-hmm. The fact that he can give you great field position against a team where, whose offense can really move the ball like UTSA, I'll just take San Diego State for those reasons. So give me the Aztecs. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite side here. I think UTSA will still be able to muster up some offense no matter what. I mean, this San Diego State offense is pretty terrible, in my opinion. I've watched them play a couple games. Like you said, they just want to play a defensive game, man, and set up field with their punter. Um, I, there's just no way that I can I can back San Diego State here in this game. I'm on UTSA. Um, that's pretty much all we got, though, for the college football bowl games. Let's flip over, though, to the NFL half of things. I promise you guys our next podcast worth of bowl games will be much better than these pretty bad you know in san diego state utsa is the biggest game in western kentucky app state's the second biggest so we'll be getting into the better bowl games here soon but let's get into the nfl slate of things um we'll go ahead and start things out with saturday um yeah guys we got two nfl games on saturday how awesome is that las vegas raiders are one and a half point road favorites versus the covid ridden cleveland browns over under set at 38 and a half so ben this is where my breaking news that i had talked about that i alluded to earlier on the podcast comes back we just got breaking news. The Case Keenum has been aver- added to the COVID report, and Nick Mullins will now be playing quarterback. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, so look, guys, I think I'm going to take the Raiders here in this one. Nick Mullins is a third-string quarterback. I mean, I've watched Nick Mullins play plenty of times in San Francisco. Stefanski <laughs> won't be calling the plays. He's not going to have Kyle Shanahan or Stefanski there to hold his hand. I think this game gets sideways pretty quick. I'm tempted to lay the points of the Raiders. I'm probably, though, going to tease the Raiders in a six-point teaser as part one of my teaser. I don't really care what the spread goes up to. I'll just take the Raiders in a teaser to win this one right here. Browns don't have Jarvis Landry. They're not going to have – they're missing offensive linemen, um, including their left tackle. I mean, Jedrick Wills. I mean, it's just bad, man. They're missing so many people for COVID. I think it's Raiders or nothing here. I mean, honestly, though – if this thing gets up to like six or seven, I would still play the Raiders in a teaser. But I mean, that definitely makes me want to take the Browns if it gets up that high. Yeah. And uh, as far as the Browns, I know, I mean, like at least 80% of the original list I saw of people that are out are offensive players. Do we know who's out defensively for COVID or? Yeah. I know Tack McKinley was one of them, the worst player ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like, I, I don't know what I think of the Raiders right now. I don't think much of them. Um, I think they should be favored, obviously, in this game with how many people are missing mm-hmm. for the Browns. I'm just going to take the under, to be honest with you. Hey, that's, uh, Browns, that's not about it. Browns still have a good Browns still have a good defense, still have a really good pass rush. Um, listen, they 
they need to stack wins. They're they're in must-win mode. They they have to figure out how to get this done. If they keep it a low-scoring game, listen, Nick Mullins has won a couple of games in the NFL. He might be able to get you there. Uh, I don't think he's going to give you much, but he might be able to get you a little bit. I, I, I'm just going to take the under in this game. It's not a bad idea. So the players they're missing is John Johnson the third, Troy Hill, Malik McDowell, um, Jarvis Landry, Wyatt Teller, who's one of their who's their starting guard. guard. Austin Hooper, the tight end, left tackle Jedrick Wills, Tack McKinley, JoJo Natson, who's the punt returner, then guard Drew Forbes, reserve tight end Ross Travis. So they won't have it. So they'll have one tight end. They run the ball best out of those uh, two tight end sets. So I don't think it's looking too good for the Browns. I'm probably going to take the Raiders in a teaser. I think the Raiders will probably be four and a half point road favorites at this point. Right now I'm seeing yeah, one and a half, uh, but it's not online on my book. So I'm going to say four I don't and a half know, it'll come online at. Like, I wouldn't play – I mean, I guess you have – oh, wait, no, he's got COVID. I was going to say uh, Baker, but he he's he was the original guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't name half the Browns' offense right now. <laughs> I, I have zero trust in the Raiders, so just give me the under. Yeah, not a bad idea there at all, Ben. Next game up on the Saturday slate, we got the nine and four New England Patriots taking on the seven and six Indianapolis Colts. Two and a half points. The Colts are favored by at the house over under 45 and a half. Ben, what you doing here? I mean, this is I've been talking about this game for a couple of weeks now. Um, I don't know what to bet on this game. So as of now, I have nothing. If I had to make a pick for the podcast, mm-hmm. oh, I mean. I, I can't bet against New England right now. The way that their defense is playing, I, I can't have confidence that Carson Wentz is going to win this game. And the thing I know about Bill Belichick is he takes away your best player. So if if uh, if Jonathan Taylor is at least not playing like a superhero like he has these last couple of weeks, can Carson Wentz get you enough? I mean – he might be able to compared to what the Patriots offense is doing right now. But at the end of the day, I would just lay the points. I would take the points with the Patriots. Yeah. Um, look. It's a big I, game. For both I think, teams. I think the laying the points of the Patriots here is a little square. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't trust the Colts here, man. Look, the Patriots bill Belichick as the season goes on. So I've heard, I heard this analysis a couple days ago and it makes sense. Belichick gets defensive players who can fit all schemes because he doesn't run the same scheme every single game. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why it takes the Patriots so long to get started every single season and why they're so good as the season goes on. On top of that, Belichick has won a game passing the ball three times and running the ball eight times. Those are literally the exact opposites of each other. He doesn't focus on one of the two things. Way I see this game is he's going to take away Jonathan Taylor because Belichick always takes away what you want to do. And what happened the last game we watched Carson Wentz throw the ball a ton? He turned it over a ton against the against the Buccaneers and did not cover. All things being said, only way I could look in this game is laying him with the Patriots. But you know, I got I mean, is uh, taking the points of the Patriots. But you know, guys, I'm gonna play it safe here and throw them in the teaser as well with the Raiders. I mean, Patriots I plus smart. eight and yeah. a half. This is gonna be a yeah. one score game. There's no way both these teams off a of bye. There's no way the Patriots get blown out here. I think the Patriots cover this one. I really hate being a square here. You know, I'd love to fade the public. Y'all know I hate the Patriots, but there's just simply no way I'm backing Indianapolis. If 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 this game was on a Sunday, there's no way I would take it. I will say this though about the Raiders game. I was going to be all over the Raiders plus six. That was going to be a max play for me. And then the, the spread just, just dipped like that. So that's all I'm going to say about those two. Let's move over to the Sunday card. Um, 
So, guys, on Sunday, there was a lot of games on here I wanted to talk about. Unfortunately, there's been COVID and stuff that have made these games worse, like the Eagles and Washington football team. Um, you know, it's, it just doesn't leave us with a lot. Been a game I forgot to put on here that I wanted to talk about is Cincinnati and Denver. So we'll talk about that one more towards the end here. Another great game. Yeah, that's another great game between two teams trying to make the playoffs. But let's start things off at the 1 o'clock slate. Let's get into a game here I got a max play in. Tennessee Titans, one-point road favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Over-under on this game is at 43. Look, guys, the Titans don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have A.J. Brown. They don't have Julio Jones. Maybe Julio Jones plays. I don't think Julio Jones is going to be that effective. When was the last time Julio Jones has been effective? This Tennessee offense has absolutely nothing. They have a good defense, though. But look at this, guys. Pittsburgh is 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. What did me and Ben talk about on our last podcast? All the teams that had a chance to make the playoffs. Pittsburgh loses this game. The season's over pretty much, guys. They can kiss the playoffs goodbye. Pittsburgh came alive in the second half of that last game. They took out TJ Watt and rested him with his injury. And they almost came back and won after a lackadaisical first half. I think Pittsburgh with 10 days rest comes out here pissed off and lays it all in the, I mean, think about it. This could be the last meaningful game that Ben Roethlisberger ever plays in as an NFL QB. I think Pittsburgh comes out here, lays all they got out on the field, and I think they win this game by two scores against the Titans, knowing Pittsburgh it's going to be tied down to the stretch. I think the wrong team's favored here. Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, guys, always has an exceptional home field advantage. It's one of the best in the in the league. They get that towels waving. You know, they got the open end zone. You don't want to kick field goals into and everything. I think Pittsburgh takes care of business at the house and hangs around for one last week. Yeah, I would take Pittsburgh here too. Um, as of right now, I'm not taking the Titans. I, I'm not trusting an offense that's playing a bunch of backups and, and some third stringers. What uh, do you not think Big Ben finishes the season as the quarterback? If they no, lose? I think he finishes the, the season as the QB. I just think this is like the last meaningful game. You know what I mean? Like all oh, the other games at this point, yeah. yeah, it would mean they have no yeah. chance to make the playoffs. So that's why I think he gives it all he's got right here. I, I would take the Steelers. Yeah. What was that? Um, what was that like quote that you told me about, about uh, Tomlin talking to Claypool or something like that? Yeah, Tomlin said that him and Claypool sat down and scuffed a lot of things, and Claypool gets it, and he's going to be better. Okay, well, it's time to put your uh, actions speak louder than words, as people say. So, uh, listen, he's, he's a terrific receiver, just doesn't mentally know how to know the game of football. I mean, just bonehead mistakes in that game. I think he probably had three or four of them himself. Um, we'll see if he corrects it. I would take Pittsburgh in the situation as well. Yeah, I agree completely on that one, Ben. That's going to be a good one. That's my one max play in NFL this weekend, by the way. Here's some more news for you guys with Mullins playing QB. Now that reopens at minus four and a half over under set at 36 and a half. I'm still teasing with the, with the Raiders here. The only way though, I'd play this one on the spread is probably with Cleveland just because, I mean, you literally had Cleveland favored by six and a half. Now they're four and a half. I mean, I don't know if Baker, I mean, it, it's just too much of a downgrade in my opinion, but I mean, I have no appetite for that game straight up at new totals at 36 and a half as well. Um, That's yeah. so brutal. That's what I'm saying, man. That thing's so low. Nick Mullins could make, could make that game go over the opposite way with turnovers. That's how low that one is. Um, other game I want to talk about here is, in the 1 o'clock window before we get to a nice little 4 o'clock window is um, – what is that, Bengals? No, actually, yeah, let's go ahead and pass on the rest of the 1 o'clock window. Most of these games look terrible. Like, I mean, I'm not going to waste all this time talking about the J- the Jags and, and Texans or against the – or the Jets and The Jags and without Urban Meyer, though. Yeah, the, the Urban Meyerless Jags. Yeah, we're not going to waste all time on any more of these 1 p.m. games. It's a pretty terrible NFL slate. Um, Thursday Night Football, though, will be great tonight. 
excited to watch that one. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and do this one now. Cincinnati and Denver. Over under forty four in this one. Denver is hosting Cincinnati as three point favorites here. Um, ben, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, listen. It's not easy to play in Denver. Um, not easy at all. Not with that defense either. It's loud. The defense is good. Dude, I still like the Bengals. Um, listen, the Bengals play a lot of close games. Uh, they have the better offense in the situation. I know how good Denver's defense is. I don't know if you can stop Burrow from just spraying the ball around to all of his all of his targets. I'm going with the um, I'm going with the Bengals here. Typically, in a matchup like this, where I think the home team's offense is a little weaker, but there is an advantage of home field. I like taking overs. Um, I, I'm taking the Bengals plus three. This might be a situation where I look at the Bengals team total as well. I think the Bengals can score on just about any defense. I just think the most important thing for playing at Denver is starting quick, you know, starting fast early. Get some points in the first quarter, settle down to the noise and the altitude. And then I think Joe Burrow can kind of throw the ball around. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this one. So five and so the Bengals start the season out five and three. Then they get blown out by the Browns. Then they go into Vegas. And, that was at home. Then they go into Vegas and blow out the Raiders. Then they get Pittsburgh back at the house and blow them out. Since then, they've lost at the house to the Chargers and the 49ers back-to-back. Yeah. The lines in these games, they were they were two-point home dogs against San Francisco. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chargers, which unfortunately I took. They were, laying, they were giving three-and-a-half against Pittsburgh. They were taking two-and-a-half against the Raiders, and they were giving two against the Browns. What this line tells me, I think this line's off personally. I think this one should be closer to one, which it was at earlier in the week. Now it's at three. I just don't like this line for some reason. This is a stay away game for me. I really don't want anything to do with it. I would probably agree with you, though, on taking the Bengals. I love the fact the Broncos are at home. I love the fact the public's all over the Bengals here as they're getting 66% of the bets and move the other way. But at the same time, sharp moves aren't always right, guys. And I just don't know if I trust Denver here. Denver seems to be trending down. So does Cincinnati. But I think Cincinnati could stop the bleeding here with a road win. You know, I feel like this Bengals team really hasn't made any sense. All these lines have been close. If this line tells me anything, it's Vegas basically saying that the Bengals have a chance here to win this game. I think Bengals hang around and get this thing done yeah and i was talking to you recently and there's like a small group of teams probably like four or five teams that are just so hard to figure out how to bet mm-hmm. on and they're all the same there's no difference between the Bengals, the vikings the chargers yep um i guess honestly the bills are in that category even too. the 49ers i would put rope the 49ers in like they're just like grouped i mean I, the Bengals, chargers and vikings are the exact same team in three different cities They all have really good offenses. They all are so poorly mismanaged in close games. And they all play close games almost every single week. It's just Mm -hmm. insane how similar these three teams are. I don't know why I keep betting on them because I can't figure them out. But I'm going to take the Bengals for one last time. Yeah, I think you're on the right side there, Ben. That's just a no touch for me. I might add a teaser. They might be a teaser piece just because I can get them at 10 later on in the week. We'll see what happens, though, with that one there. Last game on the slate for us here, guys. It's one I'm pretty excited to talk about here. My and Ben's Atlanta Falcons go on the road to play San Francisco out west. San Francisco is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under set at 46. Kyle Shanahan versus his old team, the Falcons, guys. I'll start us off with this one here, guys. I, Look. I already know you're picking. I agree with it. So. 
Yeah, I mean, look, guys, our Falcons still have a chance, man. San Francisco's been terrible ATS under Kyle Shanahan at home. I think nine and a half points is a little bit, bit too much. Atlanta's been terrible on DVOA, but I don't even care what any of that stuff says. This Atlanta team's playing good football right now. They believe they still have a chance to make the playoffs. This would be a huge win for them here because the 49ers are ahead of them. This could pretty much move them into being one game out, maybe even being in a playoff spot because Washington's probably going to lose to the Eagles because all their COVID this week. I mean, the Falcons got everything to play for here. I feel like this is kind of the final stand for Matt Ryan's run in Atlanta and trying to be a successful team. I think the Falcons give it all they got, leave it all out on the field. I think the Falcons keep it inside the nine and a half, but lose. I wish we could pull this one out, though, and keep making the playoff push. Yeah, I mean, listen, I talked about this. Uh, what are we doing? Tuesday we did a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think if the Falcons win this. I think they run the table except for at Buffalo. I think they go three and one to finish the year um, and, and really have that chance to sneak in the playoffs. I've... I've been decently impressed, I would say, um, with the Falcons' offense post Calvin Ridley. I, they don't have much, so I'm not. I mean, it's it's tough to do a lot. You know, people are double teaming pits and making someone else beat them, and it's 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 guys like Russell Gage that are having to step up. Listen, as you mentioned, the 49ers are are better on the road under Shanahan. Uh, they don't cover great at home. Falcons play better on the road this year with this team. I'm going to take the Falcons plus nine and a half as well. Yeah, you know, I think the Falcons keep it inside the number. You know, like you said, Ben, we've been doing this with a kick returning specialist in Cordero Patterson, who's been on like five different teams, been doing it with seventh round picks like Russell Gage and undrafted free agents like Alameda Gazakias. You know, they definitely have some injuries in the back half of the defense for the 49ers. I think the Falcons can get it done here as well. Hopefully they keep it inside the number. Um, you know, usually guys being Ben have endless games to talk about. There's just really not anything any good in NFL this week. Ben, is there any other game you want to talk about? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's a tough one. I think it's a huge game for Buffalo. Listen, they're double-digit favorites at home. They're playing Carolina, who we know sucks. If they struggle, I don't think they. I don't think there's any way they lose to Carolina. If they struggle in a game like this, dude, it's like, what's the next step for them? You know what I mean? It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, Ben, I would be shocked though if they struggled a little bit. They got a look-ahead game against New England. I think they're going to come in there with a real conservative game plan. Also, Josh Allen is listed as questionable still. He might not be the starting quarterback. It could be Mitchell Trubisky. If if he's announced as the starter, I think this line will go up to twelve. I don't know if he'll play or not. It's just weird because they don't really have a run game and they need him to be a part of the run game. Carolina does have a half-decent defense. The only problem is their offense is just a turnover machine. But, you know, I agree. Move the football. Yeah. I agree with you, though, man. Buffalo needs to come out here and just smack just city them in the first half and then pull all the starters in the second half and coast. What's uh, what's going on with the Green Bay-Baltimore game? We, do we know who's missing for Baltimore? No, we don't know if Lamar Jackson's playing or not. Um, look... It's very, that, very, very, Seattle, very. Seattle and the Rams was the other, only other one I was going to think about. Yeah, the Rams are missing seven guys because of COVID right now. Could be more. Yeah. I have no appetite for that game whatsoever. I'll say this with the with Packers. Look, I think laying it with the Packers is the right play. We don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play or not. Just seems very, very square to lay points for the Packers against the Ravens, regardless of Lamar plays or not in that stadium. I mean, the Ravens flock. Those fans go absolutely crazy in Baltimore. Um, I think the Packers are a nice teaser team this week. Also, though, too, Lamar Jackson had been playing terrible before that injury, like the last three weeks. He had been playing awful. So 
honestly, if I'm the Ravens, I look at it as we probably didn't have a chance at winning this game beforehand. Let's sit Lamar, rest him up one more week, and let's get back after it next week and win this division. I mean, yeah, I mean, this division's an absolute dogfight for the rest of the way. Um, I mean, I don't even know. I don't like. I, I don't know who's coming out of this division. I don't know who wants it. Is I guess is the better way of putting it. So that's why I'm taking Cincinnati this week. I guess that's another reason why. I think yeah. if you're looking at the dynamic of the division right now, okay, the Browns are insanely ridiculed with with COVID. Even when healthy, their quarterback's not that healthy. I think the Bengals look at them and say, if we played, we can outscore you, right? Pittsburgh is hanging on by a thread. I think uh, is the is the nicest way of putting it. If if they lose this week, I think they're out. Baltimore on a losing skid. Players getting injured left and right. Key players getting injured. The Bengals win this week. I think they're kind of sitting with kind of almost or almost to the point to where they control their own destiny. I still think they'd be one game behind, if I'm not mistaken, to Baltimore. But they're in a good situation right now. They just have to figure out how to close out games and win close games. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one. I think the Bengals do have the best chance at winning this division. I just think the Browns, all this COVID and everything's really going to hold them down at this point in time. Um Maybe Pittsburgh, you know, could somehow sneak into that last spot. That's why I think they're going to have a lot of life. I really, th- I really think the Titans are going to get killed in Pittsburgh this week. I think those Pitts, knowing Pittsburgh though, they like to play a close game either way. I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh bad news yeah, on another. a Big Ben pick six to end the game or something like that. But like, I just feel like when I look at this game, man, and see this line and everything, I just feel like Pittsburgh's going to lay it all out on the field one last time, especially the way they play. And you know, they've had guys like T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick injured who are all going to be back, so. Listen, Ben, Ben and Tomlin are not going to fold together. It's exactly. just not in the cards. That's not how they operate. No, 100%. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate everyone who tuned into this podcast once again. We'll come to y'all again on Tuesday like we always do on that Tuesday as well. We'll have, you know, a couple of the – we'll discuss for you guys those bowl games for Wednesday and Thursday. And then we'll give y'all on on, uh, probably either Thursday or Friday, we'll come back to y'all and give y'all, you know, those Friday bowl games, give y'all the Saturday bowl games, give you the NFL for the weekend. We got y'all covered with everything once again. Actually, wait, Saturday, Saturday's Christmas Day, so maybe even a little Christmas Day NBA action will be thrown in there as well. Yeah, we'll definitely do Thursday since it's Christmas Eve. Obviously, it's the first uh, first day of the NBA season, right? Right? Christmas. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. They've already played 25 games. <laughs> anyway. 25 meaningless games. Anyway, we appreciate everyone who tuned <laughs> in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.